0: So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending
1: with Timory on Relevant Radio.
0: Wow, do we have a month ahead of us with the anticipation? Of the official ruling the Supreme, from the Supreme Court on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health determining the future of abortion. We already have very good understanding of where the decision will be going with that majority opinion overturning Roe versus Wade leaked uh, and written by Justice Alito. That said, I want to invite you, we've been asked by the bishops of the United States to unify in prayer to pray for an end to abortion, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, for peace in our country and even in the world, and especially as there's discord centering around the abortion debate, to pray for our Supreme Court justices. So whatever you are able to do throughout the rest of the day, but even moving beyond today, to pray and fast for an end to abortion, and remember that uh, we are called especially today to pray the the, our rosary on the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima uh, for these special intentions. So we'll see some decisions handed down by the Supreme Court. And it very well may be that we will see the decision on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health deciding the future of abortion federally and returning, God willing, the decision of abortion back to the states. We need to pray, fast, advocate stand in front of our abortion clinics, praying, and sidewalk counseling. We need to be involved legislatively, and so I just want to encourage you as we come into Monday, possibly with that announcement of the decision on the future of Roe versus Wade this Monday, to stay prayerful, to stay peaceful, but to stay confident and bold in our prayer, fasting, and advocacy for human life. Today on Trending, we're going to continue to walk through difficult questions circling around the abortion argument, especially questions argued surrounding religion. Is abortion just a religious argument? I was listening to an NPR episode this morning that talked a lot about how, well, your view on abortion really is just based on your religion. So we'll get into some of those arguments today as well as addressing Even justices such as Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who argued that the view on when life begins is just a religious argument during oral arguments for Dobbs, will take a number of difficult questions circling around abortion and how we can respond, even standing from a religious perspective, but not always incorporating religion into the argument based on who we are speaking to. Joining me now today on Trending is Dr. Susan Caldwell. Dr. Susan Caldwell is a NAPRO trained physician helping people struggling with fertility and infertility. We will be happy to take your questions if you have a question on that front. NAPRO technology is the leading and the only uh, technology out there, medicine that is helping women treat underlying health causes related to their health as women, their cycle, and helping to uh, help women who are looking to have children uh, who sometimes are otherwise told they never will. So Dr. Susan Caldwell is a practicing physician of NAPRO technology but she also has worked for a number of years as a physician in the crisis pregnancy centers helping women who are facing crisis pregnancy but also all of the mess that can come with a sexually permissive lifestyle from sexually transmitted diseases, STIs, and all of the kind of um, fallout that occurs for women in their body. She's even today on the front lines dealing with fertility and infertility, which is part of the crisis that women are experiencing as a result of abortion and a contraceptive culture. You can find her at drsusancaldwell.com. That's D-R-Susan Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L.com. We'll post a link now in the podcast notes, as well as on social media at Timory T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Dr. Caldwell, welcome to Trending. It's so good to have you back. And today we're taking a little bit of a shift in our conversation, as I'd like to talk with you about your work on the front lines in the crisis pregnancy centers and the reality of the impact of abortion on women and their bodies today that you've seen firsthand.
1: Yeah, Timory, glad to be back with you. What an important time we're in, man. We really need to, you know, kind of focus on um, on women right now. They need our they need our support. They need our encouragement um, because, you know, there's just all, an attack, if you will, on women and her ability to. Uh, just be in touch with her body and in touch with the reality of, of what that holds. Um, yeah, so I, I've just been really observing and, and really c- coming a long way in my understanding of, of, of abortion, really. Um, I started out, you know, a long time ago, like in college you know, saying, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Women should have a choice, right? Women should have a choice with their body. Sure, sure. That that makes sense. And so I remember that that train of thought that really wasn't well-informed. Um, and then I myself, you know, used contraception, IVF, which is a highly abortive technology that's in vitro fertilization, to kind of quote unquote fix an infertility problem. And so I get it. I get it. I see these women. I see their hearts. I see they're hurting. They're looking for answers. They're looking for like a fix for their problems, uh, but they deserve so much more. Um, and so I've come to just really see um, that, yeah, it's it, it, we can't just look at it as simply as, man, we've got to stop abortion. Or we've got to you know, get get it, you know, out of the out of the picture because the truth is we've got the the abortion pill, we've got plan B and and so the problem of of the conflict, uh, the war on women that we internalize and war within ourselves on our own bodies, that's not going away when Roe goes away. Mm -hmm. So we really have to have conversations about how can we be there for women and help them to be in touch with their bodies and not war against their bodies. But it's tough because they're in pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. And they don't know where to go and they're hard to reach. And you
0: know, I were talking about how the trends we were seeing even in the crisis pregnancy centers, which are on the front lines of the abortion issue, helping women, not just in choosing life for their children, but also when they don't choose life, helping to pick up the pieces of post-abortion mm-hmm. syndrome. Um, or when they do choose life, there are a lot of things needed from mm-hmm. money, relationship counseling, you know, coming off of drugs, alcohol abuse, sexual abuse. There are so many different elements in the crisis pregnancy center. journey alongside these women for years to come. One of the Mm -hmm. crisis pregnancy centers I worked with in Southern California, uh, you and I were talking about this earlier, it's become harder and harder to reach women who are abortion-minded because many young girls today are taking plan B every time they engage in sexual intimacy, Mm. because they're using it as a fail safe. They're on contraception, but they know it's not always successful. Mm. So they're using a contraceptive and also abortifacient. You're reminding us that Plan B, we've been talking all week about Plan B. I hope you listened to yesterday's podcast and others where we've discussed this topic, but it works in three ways one, to prevent ovulation, two, to prevent sperm and egg from ever meeting, and three, to kill the baby and prevent implantation if a new human life is indeed created. And so this whole topic, what I bring this to uh, Dr. Caldwell is the fact that to even reach these women, who are choosing to just put these bombs in their bodies of hormonal Mm. contraceptives and abortifacients, it's difficult. And we're in a cultural tide where abortion contraception has become a norm. Mm. And I think that, like you said, if... if Roe versus Wade is indeed overturned and there's topic of abortion goes back to the states and we see some states pro-life, some states pro-abortion, we're going to have to still work on the fallout over mm-hmm. the trend that we're seeing with women's health. Mm-hmm. And the question is, where do we go from here? How do we help
1: yeah. this? Yeah. You know, women, are rec- they recognize the wounds. Um, they're smart. They're very smart. uh I uh, recently saw a headline um, from a, uh, a major um, newspaper online that said that it's it's a shame that more women don't have access to the um, the abortion pill because it's safer than Tylenol. Like that was the, ca- the caption. But women aren't that stupid, you know? And after I saw that caption, you know, I spoke to a woman who had an early miscarriage mm. um, and, and the baby was quite you know, far, not far along, but there was, it was more than a period. And I I, I said, can you imagine, you know, and and she said, it was such a trauma that she went Mm -hmm. through her her miscarriage. And I've heard from women, you know, Abby Johnson's movie about the, um, the abortion pill. So, and so what I see is I see women who come in later, like they come in to see me and it's so hard, (laughs) really, honestly, emotionally to deal with it. But they, they come in and they're they're so wounded from mm-hmm. either the pill or IVF or abortions or any matter of like what, what they've been given as health care. Mm-hmm. And they just recognize like, this is not okay. And I am, I feel broken and I don't feel like mm-hmm. there's any hope. <gasps> That's yes. what they say. Yes. And the good news is, you know, every single time, by the time they walk out of that visit, they share with me, wow, like, there is hope. Uh, like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. there is so much hope. But but we do need to know this, this message of hope. Um, we do need to know that, and we need to have people ready to walk with these women. Absolutely.
0: And when you talk about the fallout that women are experiencing from everything from IVF to hormonal contraception to abortion, Mm -hmm. we're talking about anxiety, depression, the onset of autoimmune Mm -hmm. disorders. We're talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, self-hatred, suicidality, substance Mm -hmm. abuse and everything from drug, alcohol, marijuana, all of it, In these are the pieces yeah. no one talks about, Dr. Caldwell. This is the reality of what I saw and I know you saw on the front lines inside the crisis pregnancy centers, yeah. and it's a whole-woman approach. It's not just the abortion um, choice or even the thought of having an abortion. It's everything that – got this woman to this point in her life. And that's what we're up against culturally, not just the choice of possibly an abortion, but all of these medical and interpersonal choices that are embedded in our culture
1: today. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm always asking, thinking about this and how can we reach women and how can, where does this start? And how does the snowball, you know, this turn into an avalanche? And, you know, it, I, I see a lot of girls in their teen years who are, are just waking up to the reality that their body is it can, it can feel really scary to be in their body, you know, from having terrible periods, vomiting with their periods, you know, they feel like their body is, is in a sense, out to get them or is, is opposed to their well-being. And I see this all the time. I see this in my own daughter who's 18, who, you know, complains about her periods every month and, you know, it's really hard. You know, to have start having periods, and and you can and you can really see this. Um, I saw a girl who walked in in the last couple of weeks, and she was about sixteen years old, and she was mad. She walked in, and she was just mad that she had all these symptoms, and and she wanted a pill to take that away. Mm-hmm. And she was not happy with my suggestions. That she change her diet, that she get more sleep. You know what I mean? Like she was not mature enough, honestly. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, she had a mom who was there to walk with her, and you know who knows if she'll end up getting on the pill. But the point is. I think you know, that's, that's one insult is women wake up to the fact that their bodies are, are really a mess at times. Our bodies are a mess. and we're, mm-hmm. our bodies make us vulnerable, they make us weak, they make us de- dependent. And then we're trying to find a way out. We're trying to find a way out. And then, you know, here comes this cute guy who smells good offering a connection right <laughs> offering this sense of like oh he gets me he sees me right and so um again so okay i'll take a pill or i'll take a plan b in order for me to get that connection and get that sense of of, of whatever she she gets and then it's so this she's disconnected connected from her body she does she's in a sense her body is like um a not, like, it's not working with her. It's against her. Mm-hmm. So, so therefore you can see so easily that choice to get on the pill and that choice, you know, when the pill causes infertility, well, I don't want to deal with my body. I don't want to mm-hmm. look at all the things that it's going wrong. It's hard to deal with that. It's a lot of emotional immaturity. And therefore like, okay, well, let me just skip to the IVF and let me control, control, suppress, control, suppress, control. And then abortions next, right? That when, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it's all the same. Right. Fruit of the same of the same tree, if you will.
0: In the wounds and the fallout, it just continues to compound. I remember talking to a man who I bumped into who saw me googling IVF in a coffee shop years ago, and he stopped me and he said, "Please don't do it." And I look at oh. him startled, and you know, this is a gentleman who's probably in his sixties. And years ago, he and his wife had attempted IVF as a solution to uh, infertility. Oh. They had three or four rounds, unsuccessful, were never able to have children. His wife was left incapacitated. It was such an emotional, psychological letdown she does not function today she does not leave yeah. the house and this man just saw a stranger looking at IVF and he was so relieved I said no 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 i'm not okay with IVF and he said you tell mm-hmm. those women it does mm-hmm. not make them healthier or happier and i mean right. this is the real fallout and you know everyone wants a magic pill to fix everything a pill to fix yes. infertility a pill to fix you know the possibility of get of uh, having a baby <laughs> when you have sex and so this is the culture that we live in Mm, where we have to At the end of the day, tell the truth about medicine, about the body, the proper function of the body, but all of this leads back. And this is where we're going to touch a little later on the show about the connection of how people will claim that abortion is a religious argument. I'm sorry, science, psychology, medicine all tell the truth about the body. And at the end of the day, that truth points back to a creator who has a plan for our bodies, but also a plan for our souls. And at the end of the day, this is a body and a soul crisis we are facing. Yes, You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. That's Dr. Susan Caldwell, a NAPRO physician. She's on the front lines uh, working with women with fertility, infertility, the fallout after years of contraception use, IVF and abortion. And we will come back talking about how this crisis we are facing is a crisis of body and soul. You're listening to Trending with Timory. You can find Dr. Dr. Susan Caldwell, drsusancaldwell.com. We'll post a link now on Twitter, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. If you have a question, number's 1-888-914-9149. She's an infertility specialist. This is your opportunity to ask a question if you have one relating to fertility. So what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Coming up, I will take... Questions centering around religious arguments on abortion. When human life begins is not a religious argument, but some people are trying to claim it is. And they're blaming Catholics and so-called white evangelicals for the forthcoming overturning of Roe vs. Wade. Which, by the way, there's a possibility that this opinion, this decision from the court could be handed down this Monday Let's pray for peace in our nation. Let's pray for the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima. And let's fast for an end to abortion. You're listening to Trending with Timory. Dr. Susan Caldwell is a Napro trained physician helping people struggling with fertility and infertility. If you have a question on that topic today, the number is 1-888-914-9149. You can also ask now on my social media. Just follow me anywhere you're on social media at Timree, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. We're happy to take your question, but today we're talking about the fallout of abortion. Dr. Caldwell uh, has worked firsthand on the front lines on the abortion issue in the crisis pregnancy centers and as a medical professional. And we're just dovetailing Dr. Caldwell into how this debate, this crisis, this fallout from abortion ultimately hits at the body. We're seeing this fallout, depression, anxiety, infertility, autoimmune disorders, all these health issues. But at the end of the day, the truth of the impact of contraception and abortion points back to the fact that there's a purpose for the human body There's a creator who loves us, who loved us into being. And not only does he have a purpose for our bodies, but also for our souls. And this brings me, Dr. Caldwell, to the feast day today that we celebrate of Our Lady of Fatima. And something that has always stood out most profoundly is Our Lady of Fatima's message to the world when she said, more souls go to hell because of the sins of the flesh than for any other reason. And I believe this isn't only the sexual promiscuity of our culture, but what we're choosing to do in maiming and damaging our bodies today as women.
1: Uh, you know, when I went to the Theology of the Body uh, course, the immersion course, for a week uh, many years ago, uh, something that stuck out that Christopher West said, um, that you know, as, what, what, what we are as humans, we are creatures um, in our essence, which means we are extremely vulnerable and, and dependent on someone else for our existence. Right. We didn't come into the world on our own. We don't choose. You know, all, everything is, is a gift and we hate it. You know, those of us here, you know, other than Mary, everyone who's ever been, you know, affected by original sin, we absolutely hate it. And what makes us vulnerable is not our mind, it's our body. And so we hate it and we want to war against it. And so as woman, Mary teaches us that our gift is to be receptive and to be vulnerable and to teach men how to be receptive in that same way. But we hate it as women. So we will do anything to kind of make ourselves feel more in control and less vulnerable. Um, and, and that, and, and so what happens is it's just, it, it with, with that hatred of our weakness, our ha- the hatred of our body, we all kind of inherited that. And then when we grow up and, and we start to have these problems with our body and somebody offers us a quick fix, something mm-hmm. that would help us control it, manipulate it, not deal with it. Um, it's, it sounds good. It's very, very tempting. I've fallen for it and, and I see so many people who have, but but it's so God is so good and He offers us another way, even when we've hit the rock bottom of our misery from that way of thinking. Mm. And
0: you speak from having seen this on the front lines, but you also speak from experience. You've experienced this yeah. in your struggle with yeah. infertility. You've seen this um, in your struggle with in vitro fertilization. Yeah. And we'll post a link on social media because you've told your story here on Trending a couple of times mm-hmm. now, actually, and mm-hmm. it speaks volumes, especially as a person of faith, but also a person coming from the field of medicine to be able. to to clarify and help women, so I'm always so appreciative of you being so vulnerable to share your story, mm. and it's beautiful to see the healing you have experienced <laughs> and the joy you have in yes. knowing the truth, and that the truth will set you free, and you're striving to help others, especially women, Amen. to be set free from this crisis that is before them. Dr. Caldwell, Amen. when we talk about solutions here, what are the solutions? How do we turn this around and what are you seeing as the most Mm. effective even as a medical physician when working with women
1: who are in these crises yeah so when i you know encounter these women who are raging against whatever their body has dealt them whatever wounds whatever pain whatever suffering um the hardest thing to do to be honest is to sit there with them and listen to that. Because (laughs) to be honest, there's a part of me that says, yeah, that's not fair that you have to vomit, you know, for two days every time you have a period. Yeah, that's not fair that, you know, you've been trying to get pregnant and you you can't and you've had four miscarriages. I mean, there's a piece of me that says, oh, uh uh-uh, that's not Mm -hmm. right, that, that you have to deal with that. So, I think that, you know, kind of laughing, but like this, the work of Brene Brown teaching us how to deal with shame and and with vulnerability, like I think more of us need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable so that, because think about it, when somebody comes to us, a woman, anybody who's suffering and doesn't like the situation they're in, often that makes us feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and we want to help them fix it. So we get it. I get why we do surrogacy and IVF and abortion. I mean, I get why there's so much, you know, uh, compath maybe false compassion, but why people don't think this is a problem? All these things because we do. We're like, oh yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. But mm-hmm. but we need to. We just all we all need to understand why the church, our mother, says don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Not you know don't do these things because you, you you'll be in trouble with God. But don't do these things because God loves you and he wants you to be whole and not broken. You know, he wants you to be Mm -hmm. restored. So, so we need to understand these truths and we need to learn how to suffer. Mm -hmm. We need to learn how to, how to kind of be comfortable being uncomfortable so that when those people around us that are suffering and tempted to, to take these off ramps, you know, these, these quick ways out, you know, we can say to them, you know what, like there's a, there are other ways and it's okay that you're mad and angry right now. It's okay. I'll I'll be with you and we Mm -hmm. can walk together. There's
0: in media training for public relations for the PR work I've done that there's a motto uh, when addressing whether it's a crisis or just speaking up on a particular issue is that you stand up, you speak up, and then you shut up. (laughs) <laughs> and I find that it is most effective in most cases. You know, you're called to stand, mm-hmm. maybe that's side-by-side with someone face-to-face and you listen to them. And then mm-hmm. there's a time to speak up and then there's a time to just be quiet and listen again, to show by example and wait. And in yeah. those moments, and I know you see this as a physician, but also as a woman with the friends and family you encounter, there's mm-hmm. so many moments where I find myself in these Crisis counseling situations, or you know, someone's confiding something, and I'm saying, Dear Lord, come Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. grant me the patience not to be angry, yeah. grant me the patience to know what to say, grant me the patience to listen, yeah. but grant me the words to know how to respond because there are mm-hmm. sticky situations I don't know. Mm -hmm. how to enter into this brokenness, or this confusion, or lack Mm -hmm. of logic. And Mm -hmm. Dr. Caldwell makes me think, as we're here in the midst of the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima, I think, what, 105 years later, after the apparition, mm-hmm. And I think of the letter that Sister Lucia wrote to Cardinal Kafara, who was uh, the one commissioned to help in starting St. John Paul II's Institute uh, for Marriage and Family. And what Sister Lucia said to Cardinal Kafara when he was asking for her to pray for them, and he was so surprised because he received back a letter from Sister Lucia, uh, she said this. And I think these are words that we need to take to heart, and it should be a little bit of a battle cry, but also help us in understanding why there's a battle occurring both physically and spiritually today. Sister Lucia, one of the three visionaries of Our Lady of Fatima, the primary, said, The final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. She said, Do not be afraid, she added, because whomever works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought against and opposed in every way, because this is a decisive issue. Then she concluded by saying, Nevertheless, Our Lady has already crushed his head. Mm. And Dr. Caldwell, this statement in the letter of the visionary Sister Lucia at Fatima, I think speaks volumes to the war we are seeing Mm -hmm. raging right now around abortion and so many of these issues. What do you take from these Mm -hmm. words from the visionary from Fatima?
1: Wow. That's 100% true. I mean, it's so painful to, to be in this, I mean, it's crucifying, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest. So I, I get it. It's hard. And, you know, I'm just remembering, I, I'm going to share a story that really just kind of brings this to life. Um, a patient came in, she was about 40 and she had already had one abortion and she just found out she was pregnant and she's in a stable relationship. I believe she was married, no children, and she came, I have no idea how she ended up in my office, because this was not when I was at the crisis pregnancy center, and she said, I just want to know if I'm healthy enough to carry a baby, Mm. and I, I, I didn't really know how to answer that question, because what she was really asking is, like, maybe she's just the way she's seen her body all these years and not treated her. I don't know. And, and so I asked more questions and she tells me that her husband or partner, I can't remember, um, really it, it wants her to abort again. Mm -hmm. And she was, and so I just listened. I said, yeah, but what do you want? What are you thinking? Like, what is, why are you here? Why are you, why didn't you just go to Planned Parenthood? Or wherever, you know, they're doing abortions these days. Why are you here? And she told me that, you know, if she's honest, you know, she is thinking about where she might put the cradle in her house, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and how, you know, she might really want this baby, you know, mm-hmm. and there it is right there, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that is the
0: heart of it. Women don't, at the end of the day, want to have an abortion. I had a woman reach out to me yesterday. You know, she is pro-life. She's Catholic. She already has two children. She finds that she has colon cancer, and it's spreading. It's spreading rapidly, and she's pregnant. And she wrote to me, and she said, "You know, would it be okay if I terminated so that I could receive care?" And the answer was. And, you know, we went back and forth, hang in there because you're a mom. Absolutely not. While it would be a heroic choice to forego receiving medical care, that would be a choice you could make. But you could also choose to receive medical care that could harm your child, although that was not the intended purpose and she knew she knew you know she she's catholic she's pro-life she was crying out already for the intercession of saint gianna she knew but she needed to hear in a culture that is so pro-abortion that indeed it is wrong it's not a choice it's not an option we can never place one life above the other and so your story reminded me of that and you can pray for this woman uh maria uh, because this is the reality women don't actually want to have abortions but do they have the right people in right. their world in their day to day who can reach out and say and appeal to what is truly written on mm. the human
1: heart. Mm. Right. So, you know, I listened and I listened and really that's what they, yeah, I sent her to the the beautiful counselors at our local uh, pregnancy center who I know, you know, the way they, they talk to these women in crisis is they do a lot of reflective listening. Mm-hmm. You know, they just kind of give these little prompts and they let the woman kind of look at her own heart into her own hopes and her own dreams and her own values. and. And eventually the prayer is that her choice would uh, line up with her dreams and her what's what God planted in her heart, you know, her conscience that's the deepest, most quiet voice of God, you know, that's there. Um, and I really, we just pray. I mean, I, I don't know um, what happened to this woman, but I really think she chose to parent. I mean, I could tell. if She was dreaming about where to put the cradle. Man, I'm just, you know, I was praying mm-hmm. that her, her husband would, would just see that spark and, and, and just kind of his, his manly, you know, desire to protect and provide would just well up and be there Mm -hmm. for her. So. Yeah, Amen. Bloop bloop Dr. Caldwell, me. thank you for what you're doing.
0: Thank you for what you're doing for being on the front lines for helping women. We pray that more of us can learn from you and from others to help answer the so many of the wounds that are going on that are leading women to abortion to help change the culture around abortion and contraception to truly have a pro-life culture. That is Dr. Susan Caldwell. She has an excellent excellent blog with resources for women's health at drsusancaldwell.com. That's D-R-Susan, S-U-S-A-N, Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L.com. I post a link on my Twitter and it will be in the podcast notes for today's show. So be sure to subscribe, share this episode with someone who is hurting in the face of the debate circling around abortion. They want answers. They want to know what to do. This podcast will help them know where do we go from here i'll be right back diving into the questions about abortion just being a religious argument if you're pro-life we'll be back in just a moment
1: we're talking about what you're thinking about you're listening
0: to trending with Timory on relevant radio and the relevant radio app Most common ones you're hearing today have a list in front of me. If you have a question, the number is 1-888-914-9149. I'm going to ask you if you are able this weekend, even if you've never been there before, maybe go with someone who has been before or just with someone else who is comfortable and willing go and pray in front of your abortion clinic, especially on Saturday morning when many abortions are being performed. And even if they aren't, go and pray in front of your abortion clinic. You have a public right to be there. You're peacefully praying. Uh, Pray for these women. Pray for these workers, uh, for conversion of heart and mind, and for them to choose life for their children. So, I want to talk about some of the arguments we're hearing right now. One of the biggest arguments I'm hearing, in fact, I was listening to an NPR podcast that the whole podcast was about how abortion question is a religious question at the end of the day. And when human life begins is ultimately a religious question. This is a lie, and people are using this to try and sway opinion about abortion. It was fascinating because the NPR podcast actually it was really brilliant because this has been a tactic of the pro-abortion movement to point to Catholics who are the most organized religion in the world against abortion and to try and point out how well even Catholics disagree. Look at your know, President Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and various other quote-unquote Catholic politicians, you know, Catholics aren't united on this. And they said, you know, the ones who are really united and who are moving forward the pro-life position are white evangelicals. And I just found it so fascinating that one that's so racist uh, to even make that argument, they don't even see that they're being racist there. And the reality is is the Catholic Church, along with our Protestant brothers and sisters, have remained faithful and being pro-life. But some people choose not to subscribe to what the church has always taught. That said, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, even in the arguments uh, when she argued against the Mississippi Attorney General who was arguing the case on behalf of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, she brought up and claimed that when human life begins is also just a religious argument. Okay, let's set the record straight, and I've been talking about this All week. I've been talking a lot about Plan B because people say Plan B is the solution, along with contraception, to ending abortion. Well, abortion and contraception can work in multiple ways, and one of the ways they can work if they don't prevent sperm and egg from ever meeting, if they don't prevent ovulation from ever occurring... Is they can actually prevent a baby from implanting in the mother's uterus but people will say but that isn't an abortion why they claim that and they've actually rewritten in many ways history and textbooks and a lot of research online because people aren't finding the truth what happened is the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists lied they lied and they started this lie back in the 60s and 70s. They rewrote their own definition and pushed through the medical community and the media to redefine the beginning of human life as at implantation. So they're trying to make it sound as if new human life doesn't begin until implantation in a woman's uterus. This just isn't true. The new human life begins at the moment of conception also at what we're referring to as fertilization. The moment of conception and the moment of fertilization are the same thing we are referring to new human life begins outside of the uterus. There is no scientific basis for what the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, known as ACOG, tried to redefine. It's not based on human embryology. Even the boxes, and I was saying this yesterday, the box for Plan B and the FDA-approved writings acknowledging Plan B actually note in their verbiage that Ultimately, an abortion can occur by preventing a developing human being from implanting in the uterus, because because not contraception. Sorry, because conception and for also known as fertilization. We're talking about the same thing here that occurs in the fallopian tube. So people, here's the deal, have been duped by the media and even some in the medical community because the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, ACOG, lied, rewriting the definition of when human life begins. We've been duped into thinking that abortions aren't occurring through Plan B or contraception. Because the reality is, is that if the majority of women knew that contraception and Plan B cause an abortion, they would not be okay with that. The reality is, is that I've worked with medical professionals like Dr. Susan Caldwell and others who talk to women who aren't religious, who aren't pro-life necessarily, and they talk to them about how if you choose hormonal contraception, not only are you creating um, the capacity for human life not to begin, but you're basically making a house a hostile environment where a baby could die inside your body because of the hormonal makeup that would prevent a new human life who that's begun from continuing to develop and so people have been duped into believing that when human life begins is a religious argument it's not when human life is grounded in science I've been to embryology museums I've talked to embryologists I've studied embryology I've seen and held in my arms tubes of babies in their earliest stages of development I even fought for my own baby girl before we even knew she was a girl and when we were told she that we might have a tubal ectopic pregnancy because she was having a hard time getting out of the fallopian tube and implanting in my uterus where she would grow and develop. We waited and we, and we waited until we saw that image of the ultrasound confirming that baby girl indeed was implanted in the uterus in that safe place to continue to develop and grow. We fought for her life when she was in that earliest stage of human life. But let's take on this religious argument because while when human life begins is not a religious argument, beliefs on abortion, some people try to say, are strictly based on religion. Now, while your belief on abortion can be formed by your religious belief, that doesn't mean you need to use religion to argue for or against abortion. Here's the deal. Knowing that reproductive technologies are bad for women means that you're educated and not necessarily religious. And I'm actually grouping everything in here because I do think it's important we're not afraid to talk about contraception, abortion, IVF, the whole shebang all at once. Because the reality is, is that they are all harming women and possibly killing babies. And I'm going to make that very clear. Knowing that reproductive technologies Are bad for women means you're educated and not necessarily religious. I know plenty of people who don't even believe in God who agree with that statement. I believe reproductive technologies hurt women and kill babies. But what I know is that reproductive technologies do actually damage women's bodies and minds and also kill a baby because that's scientific fact advocating against hurting women and killing babies is not a religious argument. Now, my Catholic religion, our shared Catholic religion, is certainly human-centered. You and I believe and know that God created the human person, and he has a design for the proper function of our bodies. Sci- and this is what's amazing. Scientific data, sociological research, and effective life-saving medicine all complement the sound philosophical truth and theological formation that does uphold the Catholic viewpoint on reproductive technology such as abortion, contraception, in vitro fertilization, and surrogacy because they tell the truth about the harm and damage. In theology, philosophy, social sciences, medicine, they all match up. But it depends on whether or not we have justified abortion and reproductive technologies as a part of our culture and a part of our lifestyle. But I don't have to have faith or use my faith, and nor do you to explain these things are bad for women and and babies. God created science. And no matter whether you bring God up in your arguments or not, Here's the problem that people have and why they always try to blame religion. Because at the end of the day, all of this points back to the fact that he created the human person. God created nature. God himself is truth. And I'm sorry that the truth of the created world points back to the one who made it all. That's the reality. And so when people try to say that your belief is just a religious argument, there is merit to that. However, we don't have to bring religion into an argument if someone is not ready for it. And at the end of the day, it's all going to point them back to God. I have seen so many people who have been pro-abortion, who have converted to the pro-life position, and guess what? They converted to Catholicism. I have had friends, tons of Protestant friends who are pro-life, and the more they study and they think about the life issue, guess what? They convert to Catholicism. Because when you follow the science, when you follow the sociological data, God created the human person with a purpose, and when we function in ways that don't work with that purpose, we have a fallout. And that's what Dr. Susan Caldwell and I have been talking about here on Trending. I was thinking about this earlier today because in this ACOG, American College of, Gyne- of Obstetrician and Gynecologists, rewriting When Human Life Begins, which is totally wrong and unacceptable, it just made me think about how you know medicine physicians have justified doing harm to women's bodies and lying to women about their bodies. And we need to take a slogan, and a couple of the nonprofits I'm working with, I was telling them about this, this um, phrase this weekend where we need to say, do no harm. We need to have these big signs that say do no harm. I believe in medicine that will do no harm to both the woman and the baby. This argument isn't reducible to just a religious belief. It's truth, it's compassion, it's real, it's feminism. It That is the argument. Now let's take one more religious argument because I do think this is another fascinating one. In uh, you may have heard it. so. This past weekend, there were protests outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral in Lower Manhattan. And you've probably seen the videos of a woman dancing around in a bathing suit. And she even like has this thing with string baby heads at one point. uh, And she starts yelling, God killed his kid. Why can't I kill mine? She said, help me abort my babies. And I thought that was, again, another religious argument centering around abortion. God killed his kids. Why can't I kill mine? Help me abort my babies. Well, let's be clear here. God in his humility took on a human nature. Jesus Christ is both human and divine. Now, he allowed himself to be persecuted. And yes, he allowed himself to be killed. But he didn't kill himself. And God did not kill his only begotten son. God did not directly kill anyone. But an abortion, which is the direct killing of a baby and the damaging of a mother, is different from God not intervening in the free will of humanity, in the free will of even his son who chose to accept his persecution and his death. He didn't kill his son or kill himself. And so even that argument doesn't hold any weight. Okay, here's another interesting argument. Let's see if we can get through this in the few minutes we have. Uh, Ada on Instagram asked me to address the claim that having an abortion is legal and safer and keeps abortion at its lowest rates. This argument, safe, legal, and rare, for the pro-abortion movement doesn't even really use it anymore because the reality is the data doesn't back it up. Abortion numbers increase under legalized abortion, period, because people believe that what is legal, is moral, is licit, and then it becomes cultural. It becomes the way we function, live our lives. The And so abortion rates were at some of the highest after Roe versus Wade became the law of the land in the United States. Between Roe versus Wade and really Planned Parenthood versus Casey, right around those times of the 70s into the 90s, we saw some of our highest abortion rates on record. Well, why? Because what was viewed as legal, people thought was moral and it increased the abortion numbers. And the reality is, is that abortion being legal does not make abortion safer. The perfect example of this is a Supreme Court case in 2016 of Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstadt, where the majority of abortion clinics in the state of Texas were going to close because they weren't meeting basic medical standards for medical standards of care, such as being able to fit a a gurney through the hallways in the event to need to transport a woman, having admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 miles so that if something went wrong you quickly could cooperate with a hospital to transfer a woman within 30 miles. And so all of this, I think, brings us to the reality that this safe, legal, and rare argument they don't believe in because it was the pro-abortion movement, Planned Parenthood, NARAL, and all those groups who fought to make sure that those basic medical standards in Texas were not upheld because they wanted absolute access to abortion and they didn't care about having good, healthy medicine and protocols in place to keep an environment clean, safe, and ready for emergencies if a woman needs to transfer. You're listening to Trending with Timory. We will continue to take some of the tough and common arguments circling around abortion. Pray and fast for an end to abortion. And please pray the rosary with Father Rocky, now coming up, the family rosary across America for an end to abortion, our Supreme Court justices, and the outcome of this abortion Supreme Court case. I'll be back on Monday. Have you joined us yet for our weekly happy hour on Trending? This is Timray from Trending with Timree. Mondays, we discuss everything from happiness, although it's fleeting, to joy, which is rooted in God. We address midlife crises, prayer, friendship, job satisfaction, and you name it, because who doesn't want to have lasting happiness, joy rooted in God? Join me daily at 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.